I'm Trevon Reed, former Auburn Tiger football player and national champion. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into Sports Call here on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson here inside the studio with Cam Berry and Brooks Childress. As uh, we're excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of the program, our pal Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. Take a time out of his Friday to chat with us here on the program. The time is always greatly appreciated. Jason, how are you? I'm good, guys. What about y'all? Uh, we're doing very well. Excited to catch up with you and talk about various things going on in the world of Auburn athletics and across the sports world. Uh, we saw the end of the Auburn baseball season come a little bit earlier this week. How, what a job by this Auburn baseball team in the run they were able to go on, ultimately winning one game there in Omaha. Jason, what would you make of it? Yeah, I, you know, I thought it was a team that, um, that man, they gave everything they had. And that's all you can ask for when you start talking about a team first and foremost. And, I thought the staff did a great job of putting guys in, in, in place. And, I mean, people people kind of forget about it, but, you know, they lost the Friday night starter in Hayden Mullins. You know, you lost, uh, you know, Josh Hall, who was a corner outfielder. That, you know, it, it kind of put them down a couple of, you know, left-handed at bats in, in the lineup. So, when Bobby Pierce steps up and, and does a great job in right field, we saw the end of the year Mike Bellow step up and, and, and do a great job in left field. And, you know, pitching-wise, just picked up and, and so. I thought they did a really good job of, of kind of next man up mentality all season long for this team, and man got them to Omaha, got them a win for only the third time in school history, and just continues to to kind of build and uh, that stair stepping program that that Butch Thompson's talked about since he got on campus. Jason, speaking of Butch Thompson, talk about the job that him and the rest of that coaching staff did this year with a team that was projected to finish last in the SEC West and then take them to Omaha and win a game in Omaha. Talk about just everything that went into this year with that coaching staff to get them to this point. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. And, and, you know, I would say that media prognostications for most sports uh, are are usually pretty off base. Um, it's, it's, it's not – it's more difficult in, in baseball than anywhere, um, especially now with the transfer portal. You look at Auburn, and you know they had some injuries on the pitching staff last year. You look at them in Texas A&M, and, and those two teams were picked sixth and seventh in the West, and both those teams made the College World Series. That's how quickly things can change. But you know, uh, mentioned a couple of injuries, but for the most part, they did stay healthy, and so that's a big deal when you start talking about um, your kind of survival and, and advancing, doing some of the things they had to do this season. But yeah, just just. You know, it's it's about the right fit, and you hear you know hear you know Bruce Pearl talk about it all the time. Um, it's the right fit for what you want to do as a program, what you're looking for as as to kind of join your roster, those kind of things. You saw that with Sonny Deshera and Bruce Carlson, Tommy Sheehan, Chase Isabel, some of these guys they brought in. There were transfers that man seamless transition for those guys and what they were able to do. So um, thought it's a really big deal, and and played a big part in uh, the success of this team. But that, that it starts with the top. It starts with, the, you know, developing an identity as a program, what you want to be and who you are. And, um, you know, that's, that's something that Wood Thompson has preached since he got on campus and really before he got on campus. That's who he was, an assistant coach. And now he's, he's translated that over to, to, to taking over the role as a head coach. 
And then, Jason, looking at this team now, we've already seen a couple guys, you know, posting on social media saying, you know, thank you, Auburn. It looks like they're they're moving on with their uh, baseball careers. And there's a couple guys that have posted, you know, be back next year or something like that. Uh, are, are there any – what notable guys do you – have you heard of that you could see coming back next year for this Auburn baseball team? And what guys do you think are going to go ahead and take that next step and uh, either, you know, with the next step with their, their college degrees or uh, heading to the MLB? Yeah, I think it's it's tough because the, the draft plays such a, you know, it's different than than football or or basketball because the, you know in, in the draft you can, it's it's the difference between how much they want to pay somebody and a signing bonus and and so most of the time the guys will go in and say look it's not necessarily the floor I mean not necessarily the ceiling of what I want it's the floor of what I need to sign and so you know for guys like Mason Barnett, Trace Bright, Blake Burkhalter, those guys that are juniors that have more eligibility. They'll, they go into it going, hey, look, I've got to have this much in a signing bonus. Uh, and and it, they, so you never really know. I do know that a guy like Chase Isbell is a guy that I think plans to return. He really came on at the end of the year. And I think, you know, a year coming off Tommy John surgery, he's a guy that could really step up into that closer role. Because uh, I would expect Blake Burkhardt to be gone for the year he had. I think he's going to be a very, very, a very, uh, very wise choice for someone that's looking for, you know, that closer relief role down the stretch. So, um, you know, look at you know Sonny Deshaer. I think it's going to be almost impossible to match what he did this season. When you start talking about his numbers, um, if you have desire to play pro baseball, and you start looking at it, going, um, this is probably as, as hot as he will ever be. And so I think you look and you got to take your chances probably now for Sonny Deshaer. But if you come back, somebody says, hey, I'll give you five thousand dollars, then you may say, you know what, I'll go back and play another year. So it's all kind of hinges on really signing bonus what guys are looking for uh potentially out of the draft and then you look at you know the, the the world that we live in in college athletics already the transfer portal starts turning auburn's already got a few guys on the baseball side of things that have said i want to come and play at auburn from the transfer portal is there any of those guys that really stand out to you or is there any guys that you you see on the horizon that could that could be giving auburn a serious look yeah, I think it'll continue to grow as, as the season you know winds to a close in, in Omaha. I think you'll see more and more guys get in the transfer portal. Like I said, Auburn's already added a you know they have um, a, a corner outfielder um, kid that went to Kent State had 16 home runs last year. So that's a guy that you think about potentially at one of those corner outfield spots um, could add in. You, you add a transfer first baseman from Kansas, six four two fifty lefty, a guy with some power. Um, so that's one there. You had a starting pitcher that actually led the nation in ERA, pitching in Miami, Ohio this year. They could come in as a potential weekend guy. Could be a middle relief kind of guy, but a guy that can help you. So they've added a couple of those pieces already. Uh, now you kind of see what the rest of this transfer market looks like, and you know all that may depend too on on your signee. Uh, they got you know uh, some guys that that have a chance to uh, to get drafted. Guys like Ike Irish, the catcher, uh, Zach Crotchfelt, pitcher. A um, couple of guys like that that they potentially could lose out of their signing class. If that were to happen, then you probably go a little bit more heavy into a transfer market. So a lot of that kind of depends too on what this draft looks like. How do you properly put a value assessment on what Butch Thompson has done for this baseball program, Jason? Hard to do. It's really hard to do because um, when you start looking at it, I, I think it's 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 really big uh, the value because you start looking at it. I tell people all the time, and um, you know, I, I started covering Auburn baseball in 1999. They made a College World Series in 1994. They made a College World Series in 1997, and I went, 
you know what? I'll be back in Omaha every three or four years at worst, probably. And, you know, I'd probably make a three or four trips every 10 years. It took me to 2019 to get there covering Auburn baseball. That's, that's how different it is now. Auburn's been back two of the last three college baseball seasons. And just think about this. In 2017, they were an hour away in Tallahassee from posting a Super Regional. They would have posted the Sam Houston State at home. Could have very well been in the College World Series in 2017. And that 2018 team goes to Gainesville and plays Florida toe-to-toe in a Super Regional. I mean, Auburn could have made four trips in five seasons under Butch Thompson to the College World Series. That's how close they were. Um, the value, everything involved um, on and off the field um, is just a huge boost for Auburn baseball. And um, Hopefully and fortunately, I think people have seen that. We saw it some in that regional. Now the next step is, um, you know, monetarily in terms of, you know, things that the program needs that come through through various ways. Uh, you know, the NIL part of things for Auburn baseball could be really valuable moving forward. And then facilities. Uh, there's some things that obviously that Auburn needs to do to, to try to get on par with some of its rivals and try to close the gap a little bit. All those things are things that, that you know, your Butch Thompson and, and these guys now, you go, hey, um, we've done this while being last in the West in facilities. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's try to see what that looks like if we can move up the second order a little bit. Jason, this next question is inspired by Twitter, but I want to hear the reaction from you. Brian Stoltz wants to know what it was like to spend 30 hours in a car with him and the rest of that crew you guys put on to get out there to <laughs> Omaha. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was interesting, but uh, I, I, I could not have made it without Stoltz because we shared some driving, and so worked out well. And you know what, that's, that's now the, the, the second time I've been to Omaha. I've done it that way both ways where I've driven, uh, kind of carpooled a little bit, and besides the fact that it saves a lot of money, I, I kind of enjoy being out, getting to see you know different parts of the country and enjoying it. So, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. Jason Caldwell is here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers at ITAT. Jason on Twitter is how you could follow his work. It's so busy for Auburn Athletics this week because then we saw the NBA draft come and go last night. And, boy, the scene for Auburn to have two first-round draft selections. Uh, they're really knocking down walls and barriers and putting this program in spots. We haven't seen it before. Your takeaways from last night, Jason, or what? Yeah, we're just talking about program and the value of it. And I mean, we saw it last night in Auburn basketball. We've seen it now continuing over the years. And, and you know, I grew up watching basketball. I grew up watching and listening to Chuck Person and Chris Morris and, and those guys play and then watching those guys in the NBA. And once again, thinking, that's just how it is. You know, Auburn's going to have these guys in the NBA all the time. And then you look up and it's a long time between Marquis Daniels and, and then when Bruce Pearl gets here, guys start making it back to the league. Um, that's a huge gap, but it, it just shows you um, development, recruiting, uh, culture, all those things, how valuable it is. And, man, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, you, you start putting Auburn basketball now in, in a group of, I don't know, seven or eight schools in the country that you start talking about, you know, where do you want to go to be a potential first-rounder and, and to, to make that jump to the NBA? Never in our lifetime would we have ever thought Auburn would be in that conversation. And it is now, and it's going to stay in that conversation for, for, you know, I think a while to come. We saw earlier this week, or, or got to hear from Coach Pearl himself even, Jason. I'd like you to comment on this. But you've got the, the draft last night. They've already had one Israel practice. He's talking about a practice today. I mean, he's all over the place, from Brooklyn back to Auburn. And now this team's getting ready to really jump in uh, to next season, it appears, with this Israel trip and just the benefits of being able to go some, play some competition. 
Yeah, and uh, he was also in Omaha as well. He, he made a trip all out over the place, man. Yeah, I mean that's just who he is. He's Mr. Energy. But uh, the players feed off at the programs, the fans, everybody feeds off of it. And yeah, you're right. Now it's about you know, starting the, the the development of the next roster, putting those pieces together with the newcomers, a really talented class coming in, um, getting Alan Flanagan back healthy. How how that much that transforms the roster is, is going to be intriguing to watch. So. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of fun times ahead. Jason Caldwell joining us here on the program as we get set for football. We're now counting down the days. It's 71, 70, some odd days away from uh, the start of Auburn football and their first game out there on the field. Like, what's the big talking point now for you, Jason, or, or what's kind of helping you get motivated to know what's next for this Auburn team? Yeah, I, I, you know, I think it's it's obviously one is quarterback, how, how that race develops, what happens at the quarterback position moving forward, and then playmaker that, that that's the two things that come to mind from a quarterback playmaker got to find a quarterback and who steps up as a playmaker for this offense i mean and tank bigsby is a guy that can be a playmaker but nowadays in, in in the world of football it's almost impossible to be a playmaker at running back unless you got playmakers at wide receiver to to take some of that pressure off and so i think it's dependent on finding some playmakers at wide receiver so and, and quite honestly that may be job number one for me, uh, even ahead of who the quarterback's going to be. First thing you got to do is find some guys that can go get the ball and make plays with the balls in their hands and, and do those things. And that's to me, is, is the difference in, in a team that, you know, um, is fighting and calling and scratching to a team that can go out there and compete. With, I think with anybody um, on a given Saturday, if you can find those guys. Because I think the line of scrimmage has shown they can compete. Uh, obviously, defensively, I think you got the guys who can go out there and compete. Can you make enough plays and big plays on offense to take some of the pressure off that run game? Take a little bit of time off, Jason. It's uh, been so busy for you, I'm sure, and uh, the time is always greatly appreciated. Looking forward to catching up with you as, as fall camp nears as we get closer to SEC Media Days. And, again, thanks for the time on the phone today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.